What's up? I'm Ben Hale, and this is the Easy Living Yards podcast. Creating a beautiful yard should be easy. Let's jump in and create the dream yard you deserve so you can enjoy more time doing what you love. Welcome to episode 74 of the Easy Living Yards podcast. Today we are talking about xeriscaping. Before we jump into today's show, if you haven't already gone over in your favorite podcast app and subscribed to the show, make sure you do so so you can get the new episodes, fresh episodes dropped right into your podcast feed every week. That's right. We try and keep up a weekly podcast so far. We're over a year running without missing a beat. So let's keep it up. So let's jump into today's show with Xeriscaping. What is Xeriscaping? Well, Xeriscaping, for those of you who don't know, is this term that kind of came around in the 80s. Uh, This is a little history lesson here. Essentially what xeriscaping is, is water-conscious landscaping. And so far across the United States and across the world, we come across more and more systems that are stressed with their water. So it's becoming more important to focus our precious water resources on things that are more important, like drinking and (laughs) drinking water, uh, to be specific. And instead of, you know, irrigating our landscape to have beautiful shrubs, which it's beautiful and important and fun, but when it comes down to it, it's a little bit more important to have nice, clean drinking water than it is to water your favorite rose bush out front, right? So xeriscaping is has come around to somewhat address this issue of of irrigating our landscapes and using you know already stretched water resources, and instead of using those resources on our landscape, we've come up with. Uh, this newer design style, or maybe just clarified this design style more so, to reduce the irrigation needs in ornamental landscape design. So xeriscaping, in a nutshell, is water-conscious landscaping. Now, this started in drought-prone areas. Specifically, the term itself was coined in Denver, Colorado. Uh, So shout out to you Denverites out there. Um, And essentially, they the goal was to create this landscape design process that people could take these set principles and easily use them to create landscaping without supplemental irrigation or with very little supplemental irrigation. So today's going to be kind of a just a quick in a nutshell show to to go through how you can xeriscape in your yard wherever you live and how we can take these principles to do something meaningful. Now, not all of us live in these incredibly drought-stricken areas. Um, So, for example, I live in southwestern Ohio where we get about 42-ish inches of rain per year. Right now, we're already 12 inches over average coming into halfway across the year. It's been a very wet year. There's many places uh, elsewhere in the world who would love to have 12 inches of rain just in one year. And so, for example, in uh, some parts of Nevada, for example, Nevada, um, they only get about, or for you folks out there listening, you only get about five, maybe four and a half inches of rain per year for the whole year. And sometimes that's only in one or two rain events that happen. So it's a lot of different type of space than it is here in Southern Ohio. And so for those areas, it's very water stressed. You know, you don't have a ton of groundwater that you can sit there and water your lawn with, right? So so how do you 
use these principles to create a beautiful landscape. So that's what we're going to jump into today. And if you live in a space like I do, or maybe you you live in a temperate rainforest, like where you get 80 inches of rain a year, right? Well, you can still use these principles to be helpful. And everywhere, everywhere you live, unless you're in, you know, a subtropical rainforest, um, maybe then you don't have to worry about uh, scarcity of water ever. But even in a temperate rainforest, there's periods of dry and periods of moist. So let's just jump in. The first thing, the first principle for xeriscaping that I'm going to talk about here, these aren't the actual principles. So what I'm doing is kind of summarizing the process and and kind of really distilling down what to do in order to get a, a landscape that requires very little watering. So first is knowing your conditions. If you've listened to any previous shows, this sounds familiar. So knowing your conditions is really important. Um, So that way you can further understand what you have so you can select the right plants for your space. Again, if you've listened to previous shows, this sounds familiar, right? So knowing your conditions, especially here, knowing your soil type, your soil fertility or organic matter. So if you have, for example, clay soil, water kind of sits in that, you know, or runs off quickly. Whereas if you have sandy soil, water runs right through it, okay? So neither retain water super well. Clay soil does a little bit better. So when you have loam soil, so it's clay mixed with various particle sizes or sand mixed with various particle sizes, then you get better water retention. But the reality is a lot of us don't have that. A lot of us either have sandy soil or clay soil or somewhere in between, but not very good water retention soil. And so it's good to know your soil type that helps you understand what type of plants you have, but also how water interacts with your space. Likewise, the amount of fertility or organic matter present in your soil, so that's the topsoil specifically, um, that helps you understand how good the water retention is in your space as well. So organic matter really helps bind and retain water in the soil profile, especially in that, you know, those first few inches of your soil. If you have good, healthy organic matter present there, you're going to have your soil is basically like a sponge. It'll soak up water real well and hold it for a longer period of time. Okay, so knowing your soil type, what you have in your location is really important. Uh, Likewise, that dictates your water retention. So how good does your soil hold water in place versus... um, losing it right and so especially with sandy type soils you lose your water pretty quickly even with a clay type soil sometimes you get areas where water just sits it'll sit in your soil profile for a long time even though it's not maybe very absorbent the water stays there because it doesn't have anywhere to go and so for our area with clay soil especially low-lying areas water will sit there pretty lengthy period of time even if the surface of the soil looks dry if you dig down a few inches you might find moisture Okay. And likewise, that kind of segues in the next piece is it's important to know where water collects. So just to repeat these, knowing your conditions, specifically here we're talking about the soil. Soil type, soil fertility or organic matter, water retention, and where the water collects in your landscape. Those are all important things. Okay. And it might help you figure out where to place your garden. If you already have a specific place you're thinking about, that's okay. But if you're not sure where you want to put your garden, then um, these factors might help you determine what's the best spot. Okay. So next we're going to select the right plants for the space. 
So you want plants that are well adapted to your conditions. So that's why it's really important to know your conditions first. So then you can start to figure out what plants fit that space. Okay, if you don't have the quite right plant for that space, that plant's going to be stressed, it's going to need extra help, or it's going to be diseased, or it just won't thrive. So it's really important to know your space and then find out what plants fit that space. Okay, and that's really important, especially when we're talking about xeriscaping. If we're getting five inches of rain a year, we don't want a water-thirsty plant that goes into that space that's going to need watering every day or so. Okay, so instead you find the plants that fit your space and well adapted, and then you create a beautiful space with the plants you have. So basically it's like creating a work of art, right? So maybe you know what you want to create, but you're not sure what to use in order to create that piece of art. So for example, you could use a pencil, you could use pastels, you could use paint, and that's about the extent of my art knowledge, right? So so basically there are multiple ways to get to your final product. And and for for landscaping, knowing your conditions that you have helps you select those plants that then can help you create that beautiful design. Okay, so enough of with analogies, let's move on. So selecting the right plants, very important, especially if you're in a drought-prone area, you of course want drought-tolerant plants. Okay, so the last piece with uh, xeriscaping is you want to cover bare ground. You don't want any exposed earth in place, and also you want to reduce lawn, of course, at the same time. So if you're really looking for a drought-tolerant space, Lawn is usually a very water-hungry thing. And if you're in a drought-stressed area, lawns can be difficult. So I'm kind of digressing there. My original point was to cover bare ground. So there are three ways I've identified with covering bare ground. First, you can mulch with organic materials. So this is like your wood chip mulch, your pine bark mulch, or your pine needle mulch, right? So, So taking organic matter and covering the soil with it. You can also use like chopped leaves. And if you're in a deciduous area like I am, chopped leaves are beautiful too for building soil. They don't last as long as like a wood chip mulch though. So you have to replenish them more often. But a good durable mulch goes a really long way to retaining water in that space. It kind of helps act as that spongy material if you're lacking in organic matter. And it also serves as a thermal blanket so so basically it helps keep that soil cool during hot times it also helps keep it warm during cold times and so it it really insulates that space so if you're not using organic mulch you can also use a rock mulch to do similar things and a rock mulch still helps basically these mulches will help prevent weed pressure and they'll help prevent moisture loss if you're in a a drought-prone area. Okay, so covering that soil is really important. So rock mulch is more common in xeriscaping. You see it, um, but, you know, it can be overdone. It can really be easily overdone. So you don't want to have just, you know, a bare bunch of crushed rocks everywhere, a bunch of, you know, smooth rocks, whatever kind of rock they are. You don't just want a big expanse of, of rocks. It doesn't really look that aesthetically pleasing. So the next thing you can do is cover it with plants, right? Take those drought-tolerant plants, especially those ones that are good at covering space, and and cover your space with plants. So plan in uh, to have plants grow in more fully, more densely than than what you otherwise might uh, have in a typical landscape. And so having denser plantings helps shade out uh, that soil. And so shading 
uh, prevents moisture loss, right? So shading out your soil prevents moisture loss. It also prevents weeds from growing in. So those weeds that you don't want there. And likewise, it can look very beautiful, all right? So it looks very lush, very uh, well-planted, If you, especially if in your space, like in Nevada, where you don't get much rain, having a nice, well-designed xeriscape garden that's densely planted can be really attractive because you don't have many places that are that densely planted. And again, you just select the right plants that are adapted to that space and don't need a lot of help to grow. Okay, now as far as how to xeriscape that's that's really in a nutshell that's it guys so again just to recap you want to know your conditions know your soil type your fertility how well water is retained in your landscape and also where it collects you want to select the right plants that are well adapted and drought tolerant you want to cover bare ground with either a, an organic mulch or a rock mulch and you want to densely plant as well for both um uh uh, water conscious reasons as well as for aesthetic reasons now how do you maintain a xeriscape well once you get it established guys it's actually pretty easy so within your first year you really want to help your plants establish through the first year so this is going to mean occasional watering you don't want to overwater for multiple reasons especially in a xeriscape so overwatering for one can can make your plants uh, grow too fast and uh, become too dependent on supplemental irrigation. So you don't want to overwater. Okay. And secondly, uh, people in general just have a tendency to overwater things and overwatering, especially drought tolerant plants can kill your plant. So you want to water just enough. So know what plant your plants need and give it the amount it needs so it can get started and then kind of nurse it off of that supplemental water. Once, it, once that plant's really starting to take hold. And how do you know it's taking hold? Well, if you start to see new growth, you start to see it perk up a little bit. It doesn't look as droopy anymore. Um, it looks like it's not stressed anymore after that transplanting. Most plants get some transplant shock. It happens. And so when you see that plant start to perk up, that's a good sign. And you want to give it, you know, it's going to take usually a couple months uh, to, to really get a plant good and well-established. And the bigger the plant, the longer it takes, generally speaking. Okay, so you're going to have some occasional watering. You're also going to want to maintain, especially because with any disturbance, you get more weeds. So when you're putting in a new landscape, that's part of a disturbance. So you're going to get weeds popping up. You want to uh, kind of monitor for weeds, especially over those first couple months. And then you're going to maybe, you know, right when you start the project, you might also have some initial amendments that you do. Amendments are things like adding composts or a little bit of, you know, a mineral source or something like that that helps boost the fertility of that space. That's really about knowing what you have. And so you can put the right adjustments in place as well. And also knowing the plants you have. Some plants actually don't like organic matter. So you got to know what plants you have and what, what that plant needs. But again, this is a short-term thing. You don't want to have a plant that is reliant on high fertility if your soils are low in fertility, okay? And that's really it for the initial establishment. Now, beyond that, you're talking very minimal stuff. You're cleaning uh, up the area, you know, of clutter, debris, or whatever, maybe once or twice a year um, where it needs trimming a little bit or whatever. And then beyond that, it's, it's simply addressing occasional issues as you need to. So this would be things like, you know, if a plant's dying or a plant's looking stressed or you need to maybe fill it in with some new plantings here and there, um, uh, replenishing your mulch, uh, things like that. 
And that's really it, guys. This stuff is designed to be very low maintenance, but also beautiful at the same time. And that's what we really talk about on this show, right? So this is like the, <laughs> this is the super version, right? So xeriscaping is, especially if you live in one of those drought prone areas, this is how to do it. Okay. You really focus on that low maintenance stuff, really focus on what you have and what's best adapted to that space. Okay, guys, that's a wrap for today's show. Uh, now I have a free bonus offer for you guys out there that could really help you figure out um, how much rain you're getting on your space and how much rain, especially if you're you're creating a garden that might um, catch some of this water that's running off your space or out of a downspout or whatever. I have a free rainwater calculator tool. When you're thinking about xeriscaping, it's really important to know how much water you're getting in what space. So this will help you figure that out. So you can figure out the square footage of where rain's falling above a collection area. So that could be above your downspout. So basically your roof, how much rain is falling on your roof. Likewise, how much rain is falling on a sloped area maybe uh, before it hits a low area that you're planting out. So if you want to check out that free rainwater calculator tool, you can go over today's links in the show notes. So as always, all you have to do is go to ely.house, that's ely.how slash episode 74. There I have a link to that free rainwater calculator tool. If you're looking to create the yard you deserve, uh, go consider joining the Easy Living Yards membership. I have a link in the show notes as well. As always, you can ask a question. Go over to ely.how slash pod or click the links in the show notes here and go over and ask me a question. I'll get back to you as soon as I can. With that, guys, thanks for tuning in. Make sure you live with passion and make tomorrow better than today.